This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Kamala Harris did such a great job saving us from illegal immigrants at the border that now they put her in charge of saving us from robots. <laughs> and I don't mean Joe Biden. What's up? This is Mark K saves the Republic. Hey, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for downloading this podcast. This world, this world cray. This that's all I can say. This world cray. Um, listen, uh, programming note. Before we get in, a couple things I want to mention. First of all, uh, Mother's Day is on the way. It's coming up, and you know you could get your mother jewelry. You could get your mother flowers. That's cool and all that. You could get your wife because don't forget, if your wife's a mom, you got to get her something, dudes. That's how, that's the way it works. Uh, oh, and I don't know if there's any. I don't know if there's any lesbian couples listening, but if you're both married to each other, because lesbians can do that in some places, and you have kids, you have to get each other something because you're both mothers. Um, anyway, so if, if Pete Buttigieg and Chastin, I don't think they do because they're both fathers. I don't know how it works in there. Actually, I don't even know. I don't really, I try not to think about it. Uh, but anyway, Mother's Day is coming up, and if you have a conservative mother who hates Joe Biden, loves Donald Trump, loves Ron DeSantis, whoever else, if you have a conservative mom who's like, man, Joe Biden's just ruining America, she's going to love these. Because the thing I've learned about mothers is they're organized. They're always making lists. They always need notepads. And our Joe Biden top secret document notepads are perfect for list making. First of all, this is why it's great. It's long enough for your wife or your mother to make a list, but not long enough or not big enough so that if it's a to-do list or a honey-do list or a list of chores for you, it's going to break your back and totally ruin your day. There's enough spaces for like her to think that you're being effective and you're doing stuff, but not too many spaces where you're going to be like, man, Mark K, you ruined my whole weekend. You made those damn pads too long. Uh, but if your mom or your wife is always taking notes, always wants lists, top secret document notepads, perfect gift for the conservative mother. Looks like a top secret classified document coming from Joe Biden's garage. Has Joe Biden's Corvette right there. Ice cream stain, redacted material. Um, and they, they, if you order now, they'll ship in time for Mother's Day. TopSecretNotepad.com. TopSecretNotepad.com. That's where you want to go. All right, let's get to it, shall we? Uh, oh, one other thing. For, sorry, I said two programming notes. That was number one. TopSecretNotepad.com. Second one is, this is our last day or my last day here in this particular studio, what we've deemed uh, Katriot HQ. Now, I know what you're thinking. If you're listening to the podcast, you don't even know what the studio, a lot of people listen to, there's thousands and thousands of people that listen to Mark K saves the Republic every single day. And I appreciate that. And for you, thousands and thousands of people that just listen in your car or listen on your iPhone or whatever, and have never seen the studio, never didn't watch the video, never looked at the photos that I post or the Instagram, none of those, any of you people, you're like, it doesn't, no skin off my back because it's a podcast. And that's true. Uh, there may be a little disruption in sound quality. It may sound a little different. You know, the uh, the temporary studio may sound different than the bigger studio. But again, we'll get it all. We'll get nothing. I mean, it's going to be listenable. It's going to be it's going to sound great. Even now, because we've moved out some of the furniture, I've noticed that the sound uh, is affected by the in the recording here uh, in the recording uh, recording quality because there's not as much furniture to absorb that sound. It's a little more hollow, a little more echoey. But again, you know, nothing, nothing that's unlistenable, I hope. Um, but we're moving all this crap behind me in this case has got to go. The flags have got to go. The lights 
the camera. As soon as we're done here, as soon as I publish this on the interwebs, boom, packing it up, taking it to our temporary digs. And then in a couple of weeks, hopefully just a couple, but it may be longer, we will be moving from our temporary digs to our brand new full-time studio, which if you thought this was nice, and it is, uh, you ain't seen nothing yet. This studio, for those of you that don't, that don't remember, was makeshift. After Rush Limbaugh passed away, they said, we got to get you going three hours a day, noon to three, every single day. You're going to need your own studio. You're going to need your own space. We don't really have that much space for you. So we kind of, we kind of rigged up this conference room and turned it into a studio. And it's been fantastic, but it's a conference room. It's not a studio, which means it's not soundproof, <laughs> which means you can hear people talking in the hallway and laughing. Sometimes you can hear people, I don't know if they're dancing or, 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 or sumo wrestling or whatever they're doing, but you can hear them upstairs. Uh, the fire alarm went off once because, it, because again, in the studio, like if this were a regular studio, the fire alarm would be a blinking light. It would just start blinking. It doesn't sound because, you know, it's a studio, but here in the conference room, it was an actual loud alarm. It went off during the show one day. It was, uh, it was quite interesting. Anyway, so we're not going to have any of those. We're going we're gonna to have an actual high quality per performance studio and it's bigger which means, man, we can have so much fun. We could do so much, so many great things um, with that studio. So if you've never watched, or if you, you know, if you do watch, just know that it's going to look a, a little different. I'll still be doing the videos, but you know, it's, I might be in front of an ugly gray wall or a plain white wall, or I might be at home a lot more. I'll probably, I'll be at home a lot more uh, from my home studio. It's going to be a little different for a couple of weeks, but then we're going to, but then we're going to really wow you. Also, we have something really cool that uh, I think I'm going to announce on Monday. Hopefully on Monday, I'll be able to announce this. It's a way for you to be part of our brand new studio. Um, you know, when you, you can be, uh, you can be, you know, memorialized or, or incorporated into our studio forever. And I'm really, really excited about it. And I'll share that with you here, uh, hopefully on Monday. So definitely listen, definitely listen every day, but definitely, definitely listen uh, on Monday. All right, let's get back to Kamala Harris. How shall we? One of the, you know, and the thing about the vice president, well, I always talk about the vice president a lot because she's, She's she's good fodder, uh, but <laughs> um, the vice president, the role of the vice president has changed throughout history. You know, in the early days, in fact, people, the very first uh, vice, the very first presidential campaigns, there were no running mates. So somebody ran, you know, people just ran for president and whoever got the most votes became president. Whoever got the second most votes became vice president. They could be from the same party. They could be from different party. It didn't matter. It was just like, okay, this person got the most votes to so their president. This person got the second most votes to so their president. If you've ever seen the movie Hamilton, this is, this is you know, it, it, the very end of the movie, spoiler alert. I mean, it's history, so I'm not really spoiling anything. Uh, he dies. Just, I'm just um, But in the uh, very end of Hamilton, in the, uh, the, the musical or the movie, whatever, it, it tells you the history that, you know, one of the things that happened was Thomas Jefferson and Aaron Burr ran against each other for president. They tied. It went to the House of Representatives where Alexander Hamilton led a revolution against Aaron Burr and, uh, and Tom, Thomas Jefferson got the most votes in the House of Representatives. He became president. Aaron Burr defaulted to vice president. And that would be like, for example, uh, that would be like if, if that happened today, for example, or in 2020, Joe Biden would be president and Donald Trump would be vice president. So you can see how that's a big recipe for disaster. I mean, you, you see, and that's, I think, why they changed it. So. Now you got the president, you got the vice president, they're all of the same party. Uh, and then as you know, as, as time went on, you, know, you had these running mates and things like that start to start popping up. Um, the vice presidency kind of became really pointless. Vice presidency was not a job anyone really needed to, I and mean, there's nothing to do. 
your your sole job as vice president what is to sit around and wait for the president to die. And if the president or become incapacitated, I guess, in some way, but if the president dies, then you step into the role. Most famously, we see this with FDR and Harry Truman uh, during World War II. FDR dies in the middle of a war. Harry Truman, who I guess never thought he was going to be president, all of a sudden becomes president and he's dropping bomb. He's dropping nuclear weapons or hydrogen bombs. Boom on Japan. One. Now here's another. Boom. And the war's over. So until then, he'd been I mean, until that point in his life, Harry Truman had basically been just another just another bookkeeper, just another what do you call it? A paper shuffler. He's just been sitting around twiddling his thumbs, waiting for FDR to kick it. He finally did. And he became one of the most uh, profoundly, you know, I mean, really changed the, the course of history. Uh, and then it went back to the old way where it was just waiting around to to be president. And if that never happens, then maybe I'll run for president later on. Uh, when Nixon back in the 70s, it, what happened with Nixon and Spiro T. Agnew was people knew that Nixon was either going to be impeached or resign. And they didn't like Spiro T. Agnew much either. So what they did was they got him out first. <laughs> they, Spiro Agnew was shoved out. Uh, Gerald Ford came in, who was a much more palatable Republican, um, also former leader of the CIA, which I think, well, I think that tells you all you need to know about how he got that job. Uh, and so, see, so uh, Gerald Ford comes in. He's vice president for like a hot minute. Nixon resigns and then boom, Ford's president for the next couple of years. Uh, wasn't able to win re-election against Jerry, uh, Jimmy Carter. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Then he ran, I'm sorry, and lost to Jimmy Carter, who then lost to Ronald Reagan. Now, Ronald Reagan is where it gets kind of interesting because you had George H.W. Bush, who, again, eight years, did nothing, became president, was ineffective, uh, and lost to Clinton. Al Gore, eight years, did nothing, lost to George W. Bush. George W. Bush picks Dick Cheney, who is probably the most active vice president we've had in history. I mean, a lot of people say on 9-11, he was in the war room. He was the one taking charge. He was the one calling the shots. He was doing things that even, you know, that he didn't have any authority to do, but because the president was flying around and nobody could get in touch with him or something, and he was on the ground, he did it. And a lot of the decisions that, I mean, you want to talk about vice president as advisor on policy, that never happens. Your policy advisors are your chief of staff, your sometimes your cabinet, mostly it's your chief of staff and your 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 hand chosen, hand selected uh, policy advisors. For example, Donald Trump had Steve Bannon. He had Kellyanne Conway. Uh, you know, he had, a, he had a whole I mean, he had a whole slew of them. And those were the people he talked to all the time. I don't think he talked to Mike Pence a lot. You know, just something tells me um, maybe he did to get like the Christian coalition, you know, take the temperature of the Christian coalition. Who knows? Uh, but, you know, Donald Trump mostly acted on his own. Enter Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris, they have been trying to paint from day one as a capable leader, not because she is one, but because they thought from day one that she might have to become one. Joe Biden's not a capable leader. Joe Biden may not even make it through the end of his first term. Kamala Harris has got to prove to everybody that she can do the job, and she can't. Not only can she not do the job of president, but she can't even do the job of vice president, which is basically nothing because they're forcing her to do stuff. They made her the border czar, the border czar. The border is the single largest issue going into the campaign today. The border's non-existent. Title 42 is about to expire. There's 700,000 migrants that are going to rush the border. There's not enough security. There's not enough border patrol agents. The, uh, the Department of Homeland Security is led by an idiot who does, not only can't do his job, but doesn't want to and lies about it. The border patrol doesn't uh, respect him at all and is calling for his ouster. 
And every single conservative Republican in the House of Representatives is currently trying to figure out a way to impeach the guy. So that's where we are with the border. Yet Kamala Harris was the border czar. And she went to the border one time after massive prodding and humiliation from the Republicans. She went to the border one time after even her buddies in the media said, yo, lady, shouldn't you go to the border? You are the border czar after all. She went to the border one time after spending uh, you know, weeks traveling around South America trying to what? Get to the, the root cause of, my, of illegal immigration? The root cause of illegal immigration is there's no wall at the border and there's not enough border patrol agents to point guns at illegal immigrants and say, go home. Mexico is not being, uh, there's no stay in Mexico policy, which would then increase Mexico's desire to enforce their own southern border because they don't want these people staying in Mexico. That's not, that's not in their game plan. They know that if people come into Mexico from their southern border, they're just going to the United States. But if they have to stay in Mexico, all of a sudden, Mexico's like, I caramba, let's go secure our own southern border and stop these people from coming in in the first place. And that's really an effective immigration policy for the United States of America. But we have an ineffective vice president who is our border czar. Well, Joe Biden's running again. Joe Biden may not live another four years again. Kamala Harris is also on the ticket again. So Kamala Harris needs to be reaffirmed once again as somebody who can do stuff. And they've put her in charge of what they believe is a new looming threat. And that is AI, artificial intelligence, which I feel is kind of ironic that Kamala Harris has been put in charge of any kind of intelligence. Uh, Kamala Harris named AI czar to save us from artificial intelligence. So says Breitbart. The White House announced a plan to crack down on artificial intelligence on Thursday amid growing concerns over the advanced technology possibly replacing humanity someday. Naming Vice President Kamala Harris as AI czar in charge of the new initiative. Harris, who has the lowest approval rating of any modern vice president, will lead the initiative as AI czar with a $140 million budget. This is them giving Kamala Harris more money. Vice President Harris and senior administration officials will meet today with CEOs of four American companies at the forefront of AI intervention, innovation, the Biden administration explained. Harris is meeting with Microsoft, OpenAI, Anthropic, and Google to discuss how potential risks involving AI can be reduced. Now, one of the people who is most knowledgeable and most outspoken and most concerned about the dangers of AI is Elon Musk. Elon Musk is also one of the richest people in the world. Not number one anymore. I think he slipped to number two. And he controls Twitter. He's also talked about and toyed with the idea of creating his own AI company, which does exactly what Kamala Harris has been instructed to do. But is Elon Musk on this list? President Biden, uh, Kamala Harris, Google, OpenAI, Microsoft? No. I don't see anything about Elon Musk. I don't see anything about Twitter. I don't see anything about him being invited to the White House. And that's because... Elon Musk does not do for the White House what the former um, Twitter CEO did for the White House. E Elon Musk does not accept email messages from Corinne Jean-Pierre saying, please delete this tweet. We don't like it. It's mean. Yeah, they don't, he doesn't go, he doesn't uh, forward emails from the White House saying, uh, please cancel and block out these conservative accounts. Their voices are just too commonsensical. They're reminding everybody about freedom and liberty in a time when we're trying to lock people down. Uh, Elon Musk is a free speech guy, and the White House currently is not. Even though he probably knows more, has studied more, and is more concerned about the dangers of AI, because if you go, if you follow Elon Musk on Twitter, if you see any of his 
interviews. He was just interviewed with Bill Maher the other day. He was on with Tucker Carlson recently before Tucker Carlson got the axe for an entire hour. I think for two. And they discussed artificial intelligence and the threats toward humanity. And I'm not just talking about, I'm not just talking about, you know, writing term papers for kids in college, people getting PhDs that they didn't earn because they didn't write their doctoral theses. It was written to them by some artificial intelligence. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, you know, taking over the world, replacing human beings, the threats we are already seeing where people can duplicate voices and faces and messages and phone numbers and make parents think that their kids have been abducted and, and criminals can demand millions of dollars. There's no, there's no oversight. There's no legality. There's no moral code of conduct written for AI. And Elon Musk knows and understands that and has been very vocal about it. Also, dude's got a lot of power and money and one of the largest social media platforms out there. So naturally, AI czar Kamala Harris, who I'm going to be honest with you, I don't even think could spell AI if you asked her, uh, has neglected to invite him to the White House for their discussion about the one thing that he said he's very concerned about. Uh, Anyway, we'll have more on that coming up. We'll have more on the election. We'll have more on all the news stories of the day as we broadcast our final Marquee show from this studio at noon Eastern, 11 Central. So please join us from that. Don't forget to like, follow, share, comment. And I don't know, give start, whatever you can do to make me feel better about doing these podcasts every day. Um, And also to help other people hear this message and know what's going on in our country and know who the people leading it are and how badly a job, how bad a job they're doing. Um, Do that. Uh, Mark K saves the Republic. It should be number one on everybody's playlist every single day. And if you like it, if you share it, if you do whatever you can, uh, then it'll automatically be, it'll automatically be delivered to you by your, by your podcast listening company of choice, whether it's Spotify or Apple or Google or whatever, or one of the other ones that I don't even know about, but where people seem to find us do it now, uh, because it, no matter where I am here, home, there, somewhere else, I will find a microphone. I will find a computer. I will record messages and information that you need to know so that you can listen every single day and make sure you're doing everything you can to save the Republic.